Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Idala. Mike is a mindset and performance coach. He's been featured in GQ, Men's Journal, Ask Men, and also in 10,000. And a highly respected uh, performance coach and now a, a coach for men as well. And uh, I'm very intrigued about his, his work and his mission and his journey. And I can't wait to uh, find out more about him and his his mission going forward and his vision going forward in terms of working with men. So, Mike, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Gavin. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. Delighted to have you here, my man. And uh, yeah, well, one thing I I didn't mention is uh, your incredible strength and performance. You you are also known as a as a highly trained athlete. And uh, one thing that I I, I came across there was uh, your just wait for this a one armed overhead squat, which was three hundred and fifteen pounds, and that translates to one hundred and forty three kg. Uh, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> to, to back squat that or front squat that is an achievement in itself. Uh, to overhead squat that is a super achievement. Then a one armed overhead squat is something else. So um, yeah. So to start with, give us a bit of a background in terms of uh, how you came to be to the point you're at right now, where you're predominantly working with men and uh, perhaps somewhat moving away from the performance aspect or is that still part of it yeah totally yeah they um you know i've been an athlete all my life and i've really identified especially in my early years as an athlete and so uh, i've worked with um, a bunch of different professional athletes throughout over a decade and what i found is that uh, you know it's really fun getting people and myself bigger and faster and stronger but what's even more fulfilling is to uh, help individuals with the depths of their heart and their soul. And so I like to use strength training um, as a parallel to life in a lot of ways. And I really like to use arm balancing and handstand in in a similar way. Um, I've studied yoga, acrobatics, Olympic weightlifting, stand-up paddleboarding, ultra-endurance running, all different types of movement modalities. And uh, I really just love learning about people and I love learning about myself and uh, I love doing those introspective practices as scary and difficult as they can be. Um, the rewards of them in my real life are you know, so profound that uh, the reward always, you know, takes care of the process. Mm-hmm. And has that been part of your journey here in terms of the work you do now with the men? 
is based on a lot of the work you've done with yourself. You're as as you say, you're kind of transferring some of that that knowledge and growth and and progress that you've done within yourself. And this has inspired you now to to move on and work with men. And within that as well, like what did that journey of self awareness, self discovery, and introspective work involve for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I like to use the analogy, especially with men. Um, at least I wasn't taught by elders or people older than me uh, how to deal with my emotions and how to deal with my thoughts and feelings. And so I would take those out on the weights, on the field, on other people. And it left me really feeling lonely. And so like analogy I use a lot is uh, like chest press, right? Like a lot of guys want a big bench press. They want to create a big chest. Um, and I, sometimes what is happening is they're creating like this proverbial shield around their heart because they don't want to let anyone in. And so you can use strength training. And I've studied yoga and taught yoga for a long time. And when you get people to open and expand that chest, it's physically really vulnerable, which then is emotionally vulnerable. Um, and so for me, my practices have gone, just like you said, through my own struggles um, and continue to do that this day. I'm like, I really practice what I talk about and I love learning about all different ways to help people be happier and healthier. And like I said, in the earlier years, it was through getting stronger because that's what I thought was the best way. And, um, and now it's through a lot of mental and emotional um, like training. Maybe that's not the best word for it, but awareness. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. It's yeah. Even my own journey, I spoke with this in a previous podcast that I would have, channeled a lot of my own pain or trauma or anxiety into into training and when i went training i went in there to absolutely annihilate myself it was uh it was a way to uh to sort of escape the pain to to uh yeah in a way i was using the pain as fuel but ultimately you know i wasn't dealing with the internal struggles that, that i was having the internal uh demons and of course when the training subsides and the feel-good factors uh, dissolve somewhat then you go and do it again so the pain is always there until you stop and you realize that um, you know it's not going to be solved from these external factors such as training and other distractions which there are plenty of it's you really need to stop and ask yourself some some serious questions and uh, build your awareness in terms of why you feel the way you feel and why you behave the way you behave and how why you act how you act and and why your life is not fulfilling so can you talk to us about some of your experiences there in terms of how yeah. you got to that point yeah totally yeah i mean i i want to like just mention a little thing on it because it's so difficult in our culture um we idolize these individuals that are so filled with like self-hatred and the hatred of other people. Like an example I use a lot is Michael Jordan, right? He had to find these ways that other people were shorting him or, um, you know, going out against him or look, gave him a weird look and he'd be so filled with his hatred. And I would never want to be Michael Jordan. I mean, I don't know him, but I can imagine that if you're used to fueling yourself that way and that's how you get yourself out of bed, then you're just going to attract more of that fuel. And once it turns really to a more service mindset, um, 
service of, of yourself and then service of others, then that's a fuel that is abundant, especially when you can then tap into nature and, you know, spirit or um, something larger than yourself. Uh, there is no short supply of that type of energy and that type of, yeah, I really just say energy with that, where you can feel like you're on purpose of, for something larger than yourself. And would you have, would that have been your attitude in the past, somewhat of a Michael Jordan approach to to life? When I was younger, it was for sure. Uh, when I was 21 and I learned about a concept called radical honesty, which is really, I, I took a workshop with, with a teacher and they taught me that we all wear this proverbial mask to want to be you know, accepted by other people. And if you want to have the most authentic and genuine relationships, uh, you need to take that mask off and you need to allow yourself to be seen. You know, so often it's like, you don't understand me. You don't get me. I don't, I can't relate to you. And a lot of times I always turn that back on people. Like, are you allowing someone to see you? Are you able to share, you know, what's on your mind and what's on your heart with others? And you have those skills or capacities and confidence to do that. Um, and so radical honesty really showed me I can take that mask off and I can have the, you know, self-worth, love, whatever you want to call it, to um, allow myself to not be accepted by everyone. And so that chain, that started to change my ideas of uh, where I found my fulfillment. And a lot of times it comes from having fun. Like that's a big concept that I talk with men. It's like, that's a, almost the first question I ask them is what do you like to do for fun? And if a lot of times the answer is, uh, you know, watch TV, drink beers with my buddies. No, I don't know. They have a tough time answering that question. And so then I'm like, okay, well, what is, what is really your life for? Like it's for expressing and for, for getting out, um, you know, your inner truth and your inner wisdom to help support the world be a better place. And so that changed when I was younger to how can I really have fun and how can I help other people around me have fun? And the main way that I did that was build my body physically for strength and endurance. So I could go and run 50 miles in the Grand Canyon or explore a, a handstand or an arm balance or something like this. And um, really just be curious about what my body can do and then how my mind reacts to those tons and tons of failures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you were willing to, to, be vulnerable, which I think is a massive fear for a lot of guys out there to really expose themselves. And this is what's, this is perhaps the biggest thing that holds them back from being their true selves. And how do you navigate that with what the men you work with in terms of allowing them to really be honest with themselves? And as you say, to really live a life that's not based on other people's expectations or opinions or thoughts or words. Yeah. I mean, this is a, brings up a concept that I um, really love, which is ownership. Um, there's been a lot of talk on taking ownership over your life, but then what are the ways to actually do that? And um, one that I love is through language and uh, a word that a lot of men who are really looking externally into the world for their fulfillment, use the word should. Um, I should have more money. I should have a better relationship. I should 
be fitter. I should, you know, eat healthier. All of these shoulds and all of these uh, gray space or external expectations that are put on them that create anxiety because it pulls you away from what you actually want. And so with men that are struggling to be vulnerable, it's really helping them understand what is it that you actually want? And what are the things that you really want in your life? And so when you eliminate that word should and you insert the words want or don't want, you become, you immediately take ownership over your language and over your true desires, which then helps you take ownership over your actions and then over your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. The expectations have been perhaps placed there by their their peers or most likely their parents as well uh, from a very young age. So this is something that they've been conditioned to to live by. And of course, there's the lack of awareness that comes with that. Like they're in a job that they hate, but there's they're earning, you know, a, a big salary at the end of the year. They've got their fancy house, their fancy cars. And this is, you know, this is what success should look like, but inside they're dying. And because that's, again, the expectations that society have placed upon them or their parents or peers have placed upon them. And then there's the, uh, as I said, they become trapped in that because of the, the, these expectations are their life and they're caught in that rat race, so to speak. So it's like, how do you get out of that when you have commitments, responsibilities, perhaps a family, kids, and if you were to say to men, say to this man, for example, oh, you know what, you should if, if that job doesn't serve you anymore, you should quit it. If, if, uh, you know, you should, you should remove the shoulds and do what you want to do. It's like, well, here, I can't do what I want to do. I've got commitments. I've got responsibilities. I've got bills to pay. I've got a mortgage. It's yeah. Yeah. And they're tough decisions. You know, when you've lived your life based on the shoulds and now you're taking your power back, there's going to be uncomfortable, just like it's uncomfortable training in the weight room but you don't just not do it because it's uncomfortable, you know, you're going to get stronger. And so you start with some, you start small, you start with things that you can easily control, but you have to really run through the whole scenario and ask yourself, you know, if you hate your job, but you're stuck with those golden handcuffs, you know, there's a value trade-off. And so at what point um, is that like soul defeating job really worth it to you? Because then you go home to your kids or your wife or your partner and you're not able to show up. You're not able to be the man or the father or the friend that you really want to be. And so you might have all the money in the world, but all the loneliness in your heart. And you have to ask yourself, what does success really mean to you? And if success means making $1 million a year, why does it mean that? What is that money going to get you? And can, like you said it earlier in the podcast, why asking the question why and what are huge. Like if you can ask yourself those those questions, you will be able to come to usually a root cause of, of what it is or why it is that you do the things that you do. But constantly being able to push through those, you know, defense mechanisms or what I call like rehearsed self, your, your, those rehearsed answers that you just constantly give over and over and over again. Um, you know, that's a lot of the work that I do with men is really give them the permission to explore what a different life could be. And then help provide them the tools to give the to create the courage and then the really like inner conviction and confidence to then go and live that life. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a I had an example of a client who uh, was with the golden handcuffs, 
And he thought, I, I can't leave my, my job in Seattle. I'm making all this money. Um, but like what I really, really, really want is to own horses and be on a farm. I don't want to just keep, you know, buying stuff for my house. And, uh, you know, it, his anxiety was so big, it created periodic paralysis where his body would lock up and he wouldn't be able to move. And, it, and you know, that's a rock bottom point where, you know, his soul is fighting back so strongly against what he's doing because every day he's, you know, maybe lying to himself on what it is that he really wants, what it is that he wants and his, his actions aren't acquainting over. And so, um, you know, through a lot of the work that we did and through a lot of, you know, self-love practices for himself, um, he was able to gain the confidence to have a conversation with his boss to just ask if his work job could be different. Is it possible I can, you know, work remotely and maybe come into the office once a month or, and can we try it out? Just being able to have those types of conversations requires a lot of self-courage and a lot of confidence because your boss could say, no, you can't leave. What do you think this is? Like a blah, 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 whatever. Um, but if that's the case, then you've been, okay, no problem. And, but at least you asked for what it is that you wanted and, and you can negotiate, you know, kind of those terms. Um, and now he lives in Southern Utah and he's riding, he owns a horse and he has on a farm and his paralysis is gone. His relationship with his kids and his wife is, is amazing. And he's making more money than he made at his job earlier because he has really allowed himself to live. You know, there's like a, a your listeners, or you might have heard this before, but it's like live life by design, not by default. And so allowing yourself to dream what is the best possible life that I can live, um, you know, without any of the, my shoulds that don't allow me to think about it, and then working towards making that possible. Mm -hmm. This is really about identifying your values, though, isn't it? Is that the first step you feel? Understanding your values? What it is that you value in life? Mm, yeah. I would say that what is it that you value and then are the actions that you're taking um, in alignment with those values? Mm -hmm. Because if they're not, then you're not living with integrity. And when you're not living with integrity, your soul, which is like that inner part of you that is your true essence, dies a little bit every day when you're saying one thing and really feeling something, but then doing the opposite. And the more you continue to do that, the harder it is to pull back out of it. Just like the more you stuff your face with cookies, ice cream, and donuts, and now you're 500 pounds, the harder it's going to be to get back to 180 pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something I often, I'd often say to uh, the guys I work with who who are in a difficult situation and need to make a change. It's it's the fact that the longer you stay in there, the the harder it is to to let go or or to make that change and. The best time to make a change is the best time to make a change was yesterday. The second best time is today. So, right. but of course, change is change is difficult because within change, there's there is a loss, as you said. There is a trade off there in terms of you've got to sacrifice something. You could either sacrifice the big pay packet that you're receiving at the moment for the sake of a of a job or following your passion. That okay, maybe make less money, but you're doing something you enjoy or else you're sacrificing something that you enjoy, a passion that you've never fulfilled for the sake of making more money. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a choice to make there. And I think a lot of guys just aren't aware that they have the power to choose. And that's, I feel 
uh, a significant part of this process, understanding that, look, you are in control of your life here and you're allowing society past expectations or your peers or parents to dictate how you should live your life. So it's really about, you know, stepping into the man and taking responsibility. And as you said, ownership of your life. And if you're not satisfied with it, then you need to take ownership of that and make a certain change or adjustment to, to, uh, yeah, to live a life by design and, and, and move towards a life of fulfillment for yourself. There's a lot in that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would even say, and sometimes depending on who I'm talking to or who I'm coaching with, I can, I really like to push a little bit in the most loving and kind way, but it's almost selfish. It's selfish of you to not live the life that you really want because, and and the way that a lot of men that I work with and just men in general, um, the way they justify in their minds is I have to be at the job all day because I have to I have to be a provider for my family. I have to like send my kids to college. I have to make all this money. And you know, there's a certain truth to that. Like you do want to provide and you do want to um you know have some security. Like if you think of you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you want to be able to cover those bases. But um your kids don't really care if you make you know a hundred grand a year or a million dollars a year. What they care about is the time that you spend with them, the same thing with your partner, like how much um, intimacy and engagement do you have with them? You know, on your tombstone at the end of your life, isn't going to be Gavin Meehan, um, Fortune 500 CEO, uh, you know, rest, rest here with $1 billion. It's going to be like loving father, you know, amazing partner, um, was able to serve and help a lot, a lot of other people and environments on this planet. And so if you think those are the values and that's the legacy that you want to live and you're spending all day at work and you're not able to then have a relationship at home, you know, it, it's almost a little bit, it's almost selfish in, in that way because you're not, a, you're not allowing yourself to deal with the uncomfortable truth of possibly moving from another job and moving into another place um, but, and you're hiding behind the guise of, well, I'm just trying to be successful for my family. And again, it's like, we just chatted about, you know, what is that success and, and what is the type of man that you really want to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many men would argue that it would be selfish. It would be selfish to do that, uh, that, that they're actually being selfless in terms of, uh, staying in the job, earning the money and you know keeping up face uh, for for the for the sake of their family for the sake of being able to go on fancy holidays and live in the fancy house and bring their kids to the the top class college like that's what the a lot of these guys will perhaps argue no I, i'm i'm not being selfish because i'm providing for my family but what are you providing i mean and and you can ask your family too yeah ask your partner Hey, do you want me to be, and there's a trade-off, right? I'm going to be at work. And most of the time when I'm home, I'm going to be thinking about work. I'm going to be answering emails. I'm not going to be as present with you. So that's going to lead us to not having as much of an intimate relationship and more of a, just checking the boxes of fancy car, fancy house, fancy vacation, all the fancies. And so um, ask your wife, what is it that you like? Would you like, maybe I make a little bit less but we can have that type of of intimacy and connection with each other? Or would you like me to make more and we can have all of these things? It goes 
into a, um, a concept that I've really been leaning into recently, which is living a soul-centric life versus an egocentric life. And the soul-centric is one of mystery. It's one of internal truth. It's one that you can't, re it's hard to discuss and it's really hard to see because it's how people feel. And so you can see my glasses and my hat and, be like, and my jean shirt and be like, oh, Mike's this certain kind of guy. But you don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know what my heart is. You don't know what I have on the inside. And only I know that. And, and my, that's my soul. That's what I really believe. And those are the things that I'm here on this earth to provide. Um, but it's harder because only I know that. And if I get validation externally because I'm living from all these shoulds, then I want to live the egocentric life, which is I'm providing. I have a really nice car and a home and we go on all these vacations. Look at me. I'm a good man. Well, maybe you are, right? Maybe you really are. But if you're asking yourself and if you're feeling lonely and if you're feeling like you're not able to have that type of intimacy in your life with your friends, kids, partner, whoever, then um, it's just time to start really asking those questions. Yeah, for sure. I heard, a, I heard something think today that another way to spell love is T-I-M-E is uh is time so you know there's there's certainly something there and as you said the kids are not going to remember what the house looked like they're not going to remember what kind of car you drove when when they were small they're going to remember the the time you spent with them and you know this is something i can relate to and it's, it's i i live in accordance with my values and on top of my value list is family and is it is the kids uh, because my dad was working seven days a week. He was providing, he was perhaps living this uh, egocentric life. So, and this is not to place blame. Of course, he was, it's a different time, different generation. And there was a lack of awareness there, of course, but there wasn't this level of knowledge and and uh, intuition to be had as, as we have right now, these sort of conversations to bring this to light. So, but I've become aware of that. So for me it's about having that balance of okay i do my work for several hours a day and then when the kids are home or when it's time to collect the kids the phone goes off work is shut down for a few hours so i can be completely present with the kids and then when the evening time comes again like this time now i can get back and do a couple more hours of work then when i shut this down then it's time to uh to spend some time with with the wife so it's it's about establishing that balance for me and but that as i said to you a couple of minutes ago that really came down to understanding what i valued in life and i don't value the the money i don't value the fancy cars i value making an impact i value helping people i value my children my family so yeah that's and that's taking a bit of time and for me that is the first step for a lot of guys when it comes to this sort of process in order to to help them uh, live a more fulfilling life because uh yeah right now if you're, if you're stuck in a job you hate in a relationship that you're that's no longer fulfilling you well you're not living a life that's that's true to you so it's time to make a change but yeah for your like you're for, not stuck yeah what's that yeah i mean you're people you're not stuck you're not Unless, i mean if someone's holding a gun to your head you're still not stuck you know you have a choice there's a great book you might have read, um, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. 
who um, you know was a Holocaust survivor in Auschwitz and um, tons of good information in this book. But one of the main things that I like to take away from it is, you know, the, the Nazis stripped everything away from you. And the one thing that they couldn't strip away and they tried really, really hard was the way you think and your thoughts. And so um, you're not, you're really not stuck. If Viktor Frankl in Auschwitz during the Holocaust was able to have you know, a positive outlook on his life, um, you're able to have a positive outlook on your life. You just have to allow yourself the opportunity to do that and, um, and find support so you can really allow yourself to get that opportunity. You know, it's a beautiful way that you that you lived your life. And, you know, it was really, you know, that presence that you're able to bring with your kids and with your wife and with your work that we're doing right now is probably from the time that you've spent with yourself, the time you've spent slowing down, the time that you've spent being introspective with your own thoughts and feelings. And that way you can work on processing those, having tools to deal with them. And then when they come up, they don't overtake you and you just have to go deal with it and um, um, you feel stuck. Yeah. And so like the, really the first step is like developing those types of practices. Yeah. Well, for sure. Bill, that's taken out. That's taken some time to, to develop for me because I was in that position where it was 90% work and 10% for everything else. And especially when I started this business, I went all in on it because I, well, I could say I had nothing in terms of a job or a mission, or I wasn't doing something I was passionate about because all this came about when I was uh, made redundant a couple of months after my daughter was born. So, and work of course is a big thing that was perhaps conditioned within me that like my father had been working since he was 13. I had been working since I was 13. So work was, was a massive uh, a priority in my life and it was taken away from me. And I, I almost lost myself uh, during that period of about 12 months or so. And of course, I can reflect back, had great, great time with my daughter, developed a really strong bond, which I still have with her today. But I certainly lost myself. But I, at the same time, I'm thankful for that situation for happening because within that period of being lost, I, I found a new way and I could then channel my my energy into something I was passionate about in terms of helping people that started from personal training onto online coaching onto now mentoring and it goes on and on. So yeah, there's there's a lot of guys out there at the moment I feel that are lost and it's not to it's not to feel too anxious or uptight or uh, depressed or that, that you're lost right now, there's massive opportunity there as well. You just need to uh, almost be with that and find a new direction in your life and take take this time to, to find a new direction and establish what it is that, you know, will help you find a new way, a new life. And uh, I don't know if you can relate to that, but there's um, even during this last couple of years with the pandemic, a lot of guys lost their jobs and you know i speak a lot about work and jobs but i feel like that is something that is massively significant in a man's life if he's not working then what who is he like it's almost you're identified by the job you do by the titles you have so this has been taken away from them you know being made redundant or losing a job during the pandemic so a lot of guys are are, are still reeling from that loss so there's um i can relate to that but again you can ask yourself 
look, you've lost your job, but you haven't lost everything else. So you've, you've still got, as you said, this Viktor Frankl uh, theory or this philosophy that, you know, you still have your, your thoughts and you still have the power to, to change your life. You just need to channel that power into something that is, is meaningful to you. So, uh, yeah. How you, how have you found that over the last year with the pandemic and what the men you work with have, have you, have you worked with guys who are in that position right now, who maybe feel a little bit lost, who are looking for some direction in their life in that sense, just from the back of losing something quite sig- Well, look at maybe not that significant, but to them, something quite significant in their life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all comes down to your perspective. And so <clears throat> there's a book that I really love called um, Way of the Peaceful Warrior by a, a mentor of mine, Dan Millman. And, and in that book, um, there's this, it's Dan, his, like, he's the main character and it's in, I think the 60s or 70s and he's a high level gymnast, but he's sleeping with all these girls, partying, really living that external egocentric life. And he winds up one night when he can't sleep because he's so anxious, he goes to a gas station and he meets this wise sage at the gas station um, who he develops this relationship with. And he nicknames this man Socrates because he's so wise. And he visits this gas station and this man Socrates um, every day. And Socrates is meditating. He's journaling. He's eating organic foods. He has a little farm in the back. Like he's living a more soul-centric life. And his energy and just his presence is really intoxicating to Dan. And so they develop this mentorship. And one day Dan asks him, he's like, hey, Sock, you know, if you have all the secrets to the universe and you have all this wisdom and knowledge, why the heck do you work at a gas station? He's like, you could be making millions. He's like, you could do anything. You could have all this stuff in the world. Why are you at a gas station pumping people's gas? And Socrates goes, oh, Dan, and this isn't a gas station. He's like, this is a service station. He's like, every day I get people that come to me. I get to give them something that's going to help them along their journey. I get to talk to them for five minutes, brain up their day, learn more about them, lend a listening ear. He's like, I couldn't think of a better job than serving others. And when I read that over a decade ago, I was like, my mind was blown because it's not about what it is that you do, but how you feel about what it is that you do. And so really like working on that perspective shift is a lot of the work that that I do with men. And and I've had a lot that have left bigger jobs during the pandemic to go into a more service fulfilling role. And they might not make as much money. Sometimes they make more, but they feel so much better about their life. And so again, it's like taking it back to, do you have a practice of recognizing your thoughts and your feelings? And then how to engage with those when they come up. Because if you don't have that, then all of the other stuff is kind of pointless because you're just going to constantly be looking at other places and trying to find the right way. But the right way is within you. And if you don't know what your right way is, then you're always going to be looking at a different job or a different place to live or a different partner or more different friend group, or it's going to be constant and you're going to you know, really feel overwhelmed, depressed, and anxious. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so a lot of the work that I'm sure you do as well, bringing people back to themselves. Mm-hmm. And then what are some of the tools that you could share with these men who, who are perhaps 
on the cusp of making a change but just do not know what this first step entails what's some of the tools that you could provide them with in order to uh to move forward yeah well i like you said it's a great opportunity so when you recognize you want to make a change it's first maybe getting ex like i even get excited when i'm talking to people about it because i know like oh you're like right at the edge and when you jump that net is going to be there and you're going to just learn about yourself each step of the way and you know when you have these those introspective tools you're going to learn more and so a lot of times what i tell men is I do a practice with them called the Ikigai, which is a Japanese way of like finding your life's purpose. And so we look at, you know, what you can get paid for, what the world needs, what do you like? And we do like a little Venn diagram situation to find, okay, maybe this is the, um, this is an idea of a vocation or a service that you can provide to the world. And so then it's just about being curious, which is like maybe one of the most important traits um, for people who are you know wanting to live a great life is curiosity and and just try something you know if you've always loved coffee or you've always loved beer or you've always loved physical training start taking a few steps toward those you know um, professions and then along the way asking yourself how does this make me feel you know am i excited to get up and go learn about you know pops or different coffee beans or different exercises or does it feel like a drag and you know obviously not every day is sunshine and rainbows but you know really starting to see patterns and then if you are enjoying those patterns take another step and if you're not maybe take a step back or really take a step sideways and then try to move and then you can move forward because you know, it's really the world and how the service that you bring isn't about Again, what you do, it's how you feel about what it is that you do. And so if you hate being physically active, don't do a job that's physical. If you love talking with people, find a job where you get to talk with people. It could be at a gas station or it could be in the law in like the courtroom. Like there's all different ways of going. It's just figuring out, you know, what is your personal genius and, and how do you bring that to the world? And um, you know, I, I actually recently have done a lot, a lot of that work in a rites of passage situation, which you know, is a larger type of conversation that we can totally have here if you're interested. But it's, you know, it's moving from emotional adolescence into emotional adulthood. And, you know, societies all over the world have different types of rites of passage that helps initiate their young men into true adults. Um, but a lot of those have been lost. And so we have like, you know, pseudo rites of passage, such as, you know, maybe graduating from high school or graduating from college or getting your, your car license or things like this that don't really hold a lot of weight and aren't as supported by like your greater community. And so I have a little bit of um, a Native American blood in me and feel really called to some of those pan-cultural practices and uh, recently just went on a vision quest, um, which is essentially a time that you spend outside in nature completely alone in a really wild place with just clothes on your back, sleeping bag and a tarp and um, no food. Uh, some people do no water. I did water, um, but I didn't eat anything for four days and slept outside for three nights in, in the elements, doing some various rituals and, and ceremonies to help bring me closer to myself with the support of a greater spirit around me. 
And and I know, you know, I know this might sound a little airy fairy or, or woo woo to people. Like I played college football. I, I worked with a lot of uh, NFL athletes. Like I lived, I was, you know, homecoming prom king. Like I, I get that type of, I lived that life, that like American pie guy, that was me. And um, moving away from that uh, was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and finding your own types of rite of passage um, it is a really amazing step, um, you know, to looking at what is my personal unique genius and how can I bring that to the world? And, and it's done through quieting the noise. You know, you don't have your phone. You don't have a watch. You don't know what time it is. You, you just have your problems that can feel really scary. And it also offers you a really great, amazing opportunity, um, you know, find some truth, gain some perspective, which then you can come back into the real world with that conviction and then bam, go and take the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel a lot of guys have that energy and they have that strength and they just are like, I just don't know what to punch. And so I'll punch myself or I'll punch like people around me. And if you can direct that energy and that passion and that power, you can create major change. Yeah, that's the big thing at the moment, isn't it? The the lack of, well, the huge amount of distraction and the huge amount of noise and the, the lack of uh, of peace that men are uh, cultivating in their lives. And of course, if, if you've got all this external noise, it's very difficult to tap into what is going on within yourself, like listening to the listening to your own voice, to your own needs, to your own thoughts. And that's something I recommend all my guys do on a regular basis is just to sit with their thoughts. And of course, this is a, for a lot of guys, an extremely, extremely daunting process to be able to, to, to sit there in silence for a few minutes. And you spend three days in, in the wild, in the darkness for these guys to sit, sit in the darkness or even sit in the light for a few minutes a day uh, without, without their phone, without any noise. That in itself is a very daunting process for them and i said well that is exactly why you need to do it because the fact that that feels so uncomfortable is uh, signaling that you have some deep pain or trauma or struggle that needs to be uh, you need to pay attention to and i said look if, if you can't sit with it then maybe just move with it and you know i'd recommend to go for a walk in nature instead again this is you know a, a lot of this is like the foundational level in terms of what you've done. And I spoke as well to, uh, to a guy last week and he spent 28 days in a, in darkness, in a, in a cabin or, or some sort of a, a stone house or a cave or something for, uh, for 28 days. So, uh, very extreme, but what do you, what do you reckon? Like, do, do you need to spend? three days in the wild in order to get to that point or is there some other way that that, that can be done uh over a period of time such as perhaps what i'm suggesting but maybe if you have your own take or your own idea on that in terms of yeah cultivating some peace in your life on a daily basis yeah you know i think we want peace but what we really need is truth and so if we don't allow ourselves to feel what it is that we feel in the negative or dark or shadow aspects, then we're never going to get true peace. And so um, the work that you just described that you do with men, I do the same thing. It's kind of like uh, equating it to exercise, right? Maybe the 28 days in the dark cabin 
is like the 315 pound or 143 kilo one arm overhead squat. It's like extreme, like really extreme. Um, but for some people, that is a way that they like to move. Um, but it didn't start like that. It started from just doing a walk around the block or maybe just going to the gym or taking a class or starting an exercise program. So I ask myself a lot and an analogy I use with a lot of men, because mo- a lot of the guys I work with have some, um, have some experience with physicality and exercise is what are the sets and reps and exercises that you specifically need for where you are emotionally and mentally? And so if I tell you, if you can't sit with yourself alone um, in the park in some sunshine for three minutes without your phone or a watch, and that starts to create anxiety and it's difficult for you, that's not a problem. And it's just, okay, well, let's make, let's bring you an exercise or a modality for you where that just pushes you to your edge. You know, it's a lot of uh, what they talk about with in positive psychology with a flow state where you have like on one axis is the skill and on the other is a challenge. And so at my job as a coach, and, and honestly, you're li- whoever's listening to this, your job as an individual is to challenge yourself enough that you need to use all of your skill. And so for some people, like the, um, the individual that you had on the podcast last, he obviously has a lot of skill being alone by himself with his thoughts. And so he needed a high challenge, right? And in order to create that flow state and, and that space for himself to grow. Um, but not a, it's really like dependent on each individual because we're all different and we've all grown up with different types of um, experiences and environments. And so, you know, I, I really, I think that, you know, working with a coach obviously is, is an amazing thing. And if you can do that, um, it's one of the best investments that you'll ever make in your life. And, you know, that's obviously bias coming from myself, but it also comes from all of the letters that I get from all the people that I work with. And so, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the scariest things that you'll do, but it's also one of the most rewarding and, and it, it doesn't just work in your, it doesn't just attack like your business or your muscles. It attacks like your life on this holistic level. Mm-hmm. And it requires you to go through that darkness, mm-hmm. you know, in the, you know, the, um, the lineage that, that I was studying from with my quest, we use, um, uh, the four directions or like a medicine wheel as a way of describing um, maturation. And so in, in the East is like when you're a baby and, and grandfather energy, and then you go to the South, which is child energy, which is a lot of egocentric, right? Like a little child is like me, 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 I'm hungry. I need food. I need to move. I need, you know, social media would be in that, in that area. Um, influence all that type of stuff is like low level ego energies in the south which is where a lot of our world is involved around any type of advertisement any type of uh shooting like it's all in that area um and then the west is the darkness it's looking in those introspective um it's looking at at your shadow it's looking at the ways that you have lived to survive and those certain mechanisms that you're either aware of or not aware of and then the North is your true adulthood. And it's really asking yourself the question, um, you know, what is my gift and what is my you know, true service that I can bring to the world? And so if you're feeling like you're in the South and you're just looking externally for how to you know, um, 
validate yourself or how to feel good about yourself or feel like what's the right thing to do, um, you have to go through the West in order to get to the North. And so without just trying to go to the North, you create a false North, which then shows up later in your life. You know, that's a lot of times they call midlife crisis. It's like, oh crap, my defense mechanisms are all down and I've used up all of this space and now I feel super empty. And now I have 20 years of reinforcing my emptiness. And now it's, and now, you know, hopefully not, but a lot of times like rock bottom forced to go into the West and then has to come out. And so if you're feeling like, you know, I'll just give a side example, like, you know, from my own experience, this is why I do this work. It's like, I never knew what the right thing to do was. I was the ultimate sugar, you know, what, where should I go on a first date? Google, um, you know, how to kiss a girl, Google, um, how to ask her out, Google, like wh what's aware, always looking outside of myself. And it was exhausting and it created so much worry that I made myself sick. And I was overweight, depressed, working every single day of the week for three years and lost myself in, in this way of trying to be successful. And so once I really uh, allowed myself to move into the West and move into those uncomfortable places, then I can move to my North and move through a more service, service avenue. And so all of that to be said, kind of wrap that up. If you're the individual out there that is, again, trying to find out what is your path or what's the way that you want to live your good life, just ask yourself, what, what do you, how can you serve others? What is the way that you like to serve others? Like with your friends and do they come to you for certain advice? Do you love cooking meals? Do you love bringing people on adventures? Like, what are the things that you like to do? And that when you're doing them, you're in that flow state where time flies by and you're completely engaged in the moment and then go and do those things. Excellent, Mike. Brilliant point to finish on. And it's just about finding direction, isn't it? You've got, you've got a Southwest and East and uh, eventually finding your way North and, and moving forward from that point. So uh, yeah, as I said, man, thank you so much for the insightful information there and if anyone wants to reach out to you and, and find you, where is the best place to, to get you at? Yeah, you, you could um, reach me on Instagram, which is mike.idella, um, or my website, which is mikeidella.com. And there you can see the one-on-one -on -one coaching offerings that I have and um, sign up for a free intro call. And if anything that I said resonate with you, um, I would love to chat with you. Even if you have never talked to a coach before, if you're at all interested, you know, taking the first step is the hardest and um, I would truly, it'd be an honor. Super. Go and check him out. And if for nothing else, go and check out his, uh, his extreme athleticism. And <laughs> yeah. Go on, and uh, man, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. And uh, there was something I wanted to actually, uh, to finish off on. And uh, there's a lot of my work, I, Perhaps I come across as as being quite hard or being quite um, uh, extreme in a sense in terms of my message. And of course, there's a there's a an element of of compassion behind that. But I, I feel with a lot of your messaging, you tend to bring a bit of softness to the hardness, so to speak. So that you know, there's there's this whole idea that men should be tough men should be hard again the shoulds again but <laughs> that, that, that we should be hard and tough and strong 
Uh, but just from picking up on on some of your on some of your co- content there, and the uh, you know the the need for encouraging men, the need for compassion, uh, it's not something you see a lot of when it comes to uh, to men's coaching. So that's something that for myself has been very refreshing to see as well. You know, bringing some, as I said, a bit of softness to the to the hardness of of what it means to become a man. And I think it is a matter of having that bit of a balance as well, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And it's also the way that you like to deliver your message. You know, like you might have a more strong approach, like uh, Jocko Willink and like extreme ownership and Navy SEAL and like just wake up at 4.30 in the a.m. and just go for it, right? For some men, that might relate to them. And what and extreme ownership is essentially self-love. They say the same thing in the yoga classes that I take where I'm the only guy in there. We're all, we're all talking about the same thing. It's just the message is being a little bit, is being delivered a little bit different. And, you know, I was given this compliment uh, last week, yeah, five days ago, um, where I went to uh, my girlfriend's uh, place of work for their one year anniversary. And her friends were like, oh, Mike, he's so nice, so gentle, like such as gentle energy. And at first my reaction was like, gentle? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, I'm a badass. I'm like, da, 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 da. and she was, and she, she checked me. She was like, no, my gentle is like um, one of the best qualities that you can have because it means that you're in power of your strength. You don't just have to be overpowering people. You're able to have some discernment with it. And um, you know, when I really, when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And And that is what people need. Like we all need encouragement. We all need love and we all need support. And, you know, if, if you don't want to hug from someone, that, that's maybe a sign that you have a difficulty accepting love. If it's difficult for you to make eye contact, that's, uh, these are all different signs that it's tricky. And being honest about what it is that you really want, which is love, acceptance, and truth. Um, you know, I, I think that's across the board for all human beings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sometimes it's hard to admit that so a lot of men are just like no i don't want that i want to just be strong and a badass and you know run david goggins style but and i don't want to be david goggins like i, I feel like that guy has a lot of pain and uh, <laughs> and i don't know i don't know him obviously but um you yeah. know just be, be kind of be careful and on who you idolize and if people are uh you know pushing you to go outside of yourself and and harden up right i don't think we need more of that i don't think we need to stay hard i think we need to allow ourselves to be open and then have discernment with who we let in it's like i heard this quote somewhere that i really love where you can't call yourself uh hang on let me think of exactly how it goes it's like you can't call yourself um violent unless you're capable of um of peace otherwise you're just harmless Mm-hmm. I, I think I botched that, so I might have to tend it to you after you put in show notes or something. <laughs> but um, sounds like uh, uh, yeah, sounds, sounds like a Peterson quote. Sounds like something Jordan Peterson would say. Yeah, no, you can't call yourself um, harmful unless you're capable of being harmless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of that going on, isn't there? The the the, the hard men. I botched that, so I yeah. apologize. But it's like. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that you need to be able to create great violence. And then you also need to be able 
to discern when you need to use that violence, especially as men. And I don't mean like violence on other people, but I mean violence in the way that you can express your passion to the world. And if you're not able to do that, then you're not, you're not gentle. You're not safe. You're just harmless. Yeah. Well, another word for that's the, that's more of the message. Another word of violence would be aggressive, would it? To be more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think aggression is a great thing. It's just, it has to be used in the right way. And a, a lot of like this toxic masculinity crap that gets thrown around. I don't, I don't really love that term at all. And, and I used to, I used to actually be like, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. And then I started to think about it more and I was like, there's nothing toxic about being masculine. There's nothing toxic about having a lot of energy. Like that's the way that, you know, the North adult creates change in the world. That's the way that we stand up and, and act, you know, aggressively for what it is that we want. You can't passively just sit on the sidelines of your life. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be dealing with a lot of problems that we've chatted about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having aggression um, is great if you're able to discern how and when you use that. And if you're using it in the service of others, you know, I, I think that's a, that can be really positive. That's it. And you can also use that aggression into, into your training and into your own self-development, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, maybe we take it and we change it from aggression to passion, right? Because yeah. that's really what it is. I think some guys just like the word, I'm aggressive. I'm like, I'm bad. I like, I like these things, but it's really, you're just really passionate. And, and that's awesome. You can be passionate about um, training, which means you're passionate about loving yourself, which means you're passionate about how you love the people around you and there's nothing soft about love mm-hmm. yeah well that's exactly it man you use the word aggression or i use the word aggression you use the word passion and that's again you bringing the softness into the hardness it's it's good man and uh yeah as, as i said it's a it's a great balance to have and yeah man I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation i hope that all of you listeners have done so as well and again just before we go just let us know where you where we can find you again just throw it out there yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, mikeidella.com or on Instagram at Mike period Idella. So it'll be in the show notes anyway. So go check that out. And thank you so much for your time, energy, and passion, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Gavin. It was wonderful.